Whole Foods Market knows that wellness doesn't look the same for everyone. For some people, it's shopping for fresh produce and organic ingredients to cook with. For others, wellness looks like stocking up on chef-prepared meals ahead of a busy week. It's supplements. It's taking some me time with a new hydrating face mask or a well-deserved bath bomb soak in the tub. Whatever wellness looks like to you, you can find it at Whole Foods Market. And that includes guidance. Ask a team member and they'll do their best to point you in the right direction. Be healthy. Be happy. Be whole at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, welcome to a brand new episode of The Rush Hour. I'm Michael. And I'm Anthony. Today we're going to be talking about a whole lot of good and bad things in the video game industry. That because that's what the industry is, good and bad. Yeah. A lot of bad. A lot of bad. A lot of bad. <laughs> but we still got some good. Yeah. So we're going to start with the good and then we'll we'll ease you into the bad. We'll try to. <laughs> All right. So for first, what games are you playing? Um. All right. Don't get mad, cause cause I feel like you're gonna. Um. I am playing Final Fantasy Twelve. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Of course you are. <laughs> For reference, Michael thinks I shouldn't be playing it because I played it before, even though I didn't beat it. <sighs> all right. Cause you did beat it. I'll let this uh, slot this time. Right. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. You still playing seven? I am still playing seven. I am somehow successfully juggling the two. Maybe because they're so different. They're very different. That I, I can keep a very clear distinction between the two. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm still playing seven. And I'm still wanna, playing 12. I kind of want to play seven a little bit. Not even going to lie. That portability, man. That's what's really good to me. Because, like, uh, I want to do enemy skills and stuff again. Yeah, and, man. And then they got the speed up function. Yeah, they broke the game with the dip switches. <laughs> you can turn it. Oh on. yeah, then you got busted mode. <laughs> like that's a little much. Of oh oh, of... is your health low? Just just flip a switch and fix it. That's, oh, that's you want some crazy. free limit? There you go. Some free limit. Wow. <laughs> uh, what else are you playing? That's it. Just those two mainly. Uh, am I playing anything else? Yeah, really. Nothing on the PS4 has like grabbed me mm-hmm. as of late. I mean, you still ain't beat Don't Make Cry, so that's no, a I still lot. Haven't. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. That game is just not a priority to me. Is that a bit of a priority since it came out? Hey, it, when it came out, I played it and I liked it, but then it was like, eh, I mean, it's cool. It's tight. It's tight. We need to do a show about that game. All right. One day. One day. One day. We'll get there, but I keep saying I'm going to finish it, and it's just like, I'll, I'll hover over it, and let's pick a fighting game. <laughs> Uh, any indie games you're like playing? Because I know you got like a, a zillion indie games on your Switch that you play. Oh man! Um, so I finally picked up Blaster Master Zero Two. Wonderful game, of course. Got a superb game. Of course, I picked up Cuphead because I hate myself. And it to call that a perfect translation from console to Switch. I don't think it's any exaggeration. Yeah. That game is amazing on Switch. It's like they had to have no compromises. That's probably because of the art style. Mm-hmm. Looks great. If you haven't had, if you have not had the pleasure of playing Cuphead yet, buy it on Switch. Yeah, that's the time. Time is now. Yes. What about you? 
Uh, let's see. Well, since I got a, uh, a review code from um, Idea Factory, shout out to them. I'll be playing uh, Dragon of Veneer Star very soon and doing a review for it. Hey. Um, let's see what else I'm playing. Of course, I'm still working through all of the Trails games, so I'm still on Trails of Zero Part 2. The op app, Ooh, I mean the op man. of arc, as I he, call it. He, man, I'm gonna get through all of them if I can before part uh, three comes out. He's serious, man. He busted out this PSP for this and everything. I really did. I'm like, I'm getting through these games. I got to somehow. You, I, you got this. If anyone can do it, you can do it, man. <sighs> Trails in the sky gonna be hard. That's like three games. You got this, man. I got it somehow. I'm gonna get there. Uh, what else I'm playing? Um, I'm playing DMC again because I want to read through, play that all the way through. Yeah, man, you got it with 60 frames now? It's so good in 60 frames. That game is hard. What? The part that's hard to me is, like, the controls. The fact you got to hold, like, R2 to do certain things, you got to hold R1 to do certain things. Like, I'm finding that that's not easy to do. Didn't you beat this game? Yeah, I was a crazy kid. Oh. <laughs> what was that, like, 2011 that game came out? I'm just saying, man. I'm an adult now. I'm thinking now. I'm <laughs> 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 like, wait, this is kind of hard. Man. Imagine um, we beat that game and I wasn't coerced, but Devil May Cry Five is like, man, you gotta shake like you gotta like do I like gotta some... clear my my day for that and make sure I have no distractions. That close the blinds and I gotta focus. <laughs> I yeah. might have to delete every other game wow. on my system just to just, just to show you like that's the only game here. <laughs> man, it's, uh, it's not even that it's a bad game. It's just uh, it's just uh, it's, uh, um, I did boot up um Star Ocean uh four again, and I need to stop doing that because that game was a time sink. I know I stopped. I stopped myself because I'm like, man, this game was fun. <laughs> I, can I sit- can't. I can't judge you. I can't possibly. Because- I judge myself though, because <laughs> I know better. I know if I sit there and play that game, I can sit there and play that entire game all the way through, just because of the combat alone. I can just do without the story because the story it's- was. This is why I have yet to boot up this guy at one again. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> you can say so. That's, that's another hundred hours gone. <laughs> that's, that's Easily. A, that's a Thanos snap of a, of a hundred hours. Yikes. But yeah, I think that's all I'm really playing right now. Um, I'm waiting for a lot of other games to come out this year. I'm waiting for um, Three Houses to come out. Okay. And um, yeah, that's one of my main games I'm waiting for. I need that game like in my veins. Like, just put it there. Man... I want to see how that game turns out, but I'm also waiting on uh, Marvel Alliance, man. Yo! we talk about that later, too. Yes. We're going to talk yes. about that. Speaking of which, let's talk about some rundown stuff, some updates, you know, the fun stuff. Yay! Nothing Speaking too- of Star Ocean, Star Ocean First Departure R. Yes. So, for those who've never played Star Ocean uh, First Departure, this was on the PSP. This was a remake of the original game on the SNES. Now they're going to remaster that remake and put it on PS4 and Switch. I'm buying it on Switch. I need that on Switch. That's portable. I need that. I'm definitely going to buy it. Like, that's, oh, my God. Part one is so good. That remake is so good. I beat it, like, years ago on the PSP. I'm so glad they go on this because we deserve this. Like, people deserve to know that Star Ocean was good before, like, what? what's that five call? Five? Okay, four was a, was a, was like, a polarizing game, but five was an egregious like disrespect to the fandom. Yeah, that name was stupid too. Oh yeah, of uh, faithlessness and integrity. Okay, what does faithlessness was... even be? Just you all couldn't have found a better word. They could have found something better than that. And it, 
and what is it? What integrity, and faithlessness, faith. and it's like. So, do y'all hate the church, or I guess that was the issue. Is this with game the, about atheism? I uh, I was confused. That story, that story was so bummies, but doesn't matter because we're going back to the beginning. Yeah, on we're the switch, the, start. the switch is getting so many um, like remasters. I'm so happy. Yeah, because JRPGs and portability go hand in hand. They really do, and now we have something that can play stuff at 720p, like consistently like actually for people who have like jobs and stuff and long commutes yes it's perfect for always be home you can you know, take an hour here an hour there play through this rpg that's probably gonna be 40 60 hours about 60 most star ocean gets about 60 hours yeah. at the least except that five was like 30 hours which was disrespectful <laughs> i'm like why is this game already oh, over because that time was on the graphics it had to be they had a really i know they had a small budget but i don't care they could have made something happen with that but i'm glad that they may remake they're putting on uh, the remaster version on switch i'm gonna definitely buy it i'm gonna make sure everyone sees it and knows it comes out because it's a great game all right what's next on our um right yashimaru now? and genjiro uh i didn't get a chance to and play sam show DLC. i didn't get a chance to play sam show this weekend Man, i played a ton of it I don't think Joshua was in the um the demo, was he? Who? Joshua Morrow. No. Okay, he wasn't. Yeah, husband. I'm gonna play him anyway. No, they only had eight characters. Did you play Gendro? Did you? Yes. He's gonna like him. I felt it. I, for reference, I never really played Sam Show before, so I, my experience with it is incredibly limited. So I kind of went in here mostly fresh, and Gendro. I mean, what what is there to say? Look at him. Yeah, he's great. Plus, he slices you with, like, cards and stuff. That's, that's stylish. It's very stylish. I like the fact that they're going to give out DLC if you just pre-order it. I think it's between now and the 30th of mm-hmm. June. If you do it, you'll get all the first season one of DLC for free. So, that's pretty awesome. Charlotte's like great. Nakarubu is trash. <laughs> um, I wish she going to be as busted as she was in KOF before they patched her. Cause man, she was busted. Yeah, but this is a totally different game. That's true. But that bird is still a, a threat. Man, if you can like slash that bird out, of the sky, <laughs> totally I would. See, it's not a Renakaru I hate. It's that bird I hate. That bird made me dislike her. Yeah, well, I hate them both. So yikes. So yeah, I'm. That, that uh, trailer was pretty good too for both of them. For Gendro and for uh, Yashimura. Yes. And as much as I wanted to play Yashimura, because he's one of the cooler looking characters. Genjiro was still pretty fun. I could see you main in Genjiro, honestly. I don't think I can so see that so happening. Cool. Yeah, free DLC is always good, too. Yeah, that free season pass stuff, when you buy into it, why not? I think more companies should do that, honestly. Like, yes. If you pre-order, you get a free season. Because that would just make people want to buy the game, man. You would boost sales. Yeah, and for people who don't buy the game, you still get people who buy the DL- on the thing, the DLC. Yeah, because at that point, you're getting the money on the after the first week sales, too. Because you're going to get that DLC money. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think more companies should do that. Yeah, but you know. They ain't. Because everybody ain't cool like that. You ain't lying. <sighs> Can't wait for the game to come out. Hopefully, we can get a chance to uh, review it. I would like to. Yeah. I've already got a pretty good idea, but I want to see what else. To, because I feel like in the demo, I, was, I didn't have the chance to check out every single mechanic. Yeah. Because there's so many at play. There really are. Even though the game looks pretty like simplistic and like how it's played, it's still like a lot of mechanics in play. Yeah. So. 
All right, let's move into Oninaki. They had a weapons trailer, which I was like, give me this game now. Uh, so the main character, he gets like different demons and he's able to use them as different weapon types. It's like, I think like six or seven in the show. Lady show. There might be more once let's the game see. comes out. There was like sword, axe, spear, gun. Scythe. Scythe. <sighs> That's like, I'd be hype. That scythe was pretty cool. I, I really want to play this game. This is such a departure from uh, I Am Setsuna and uh, Lost Fear. So I wish they do it. Um, How was Lost Fear? I haven't even tried that game. It's mediocre. Oh. I mean, it's mediocre in a way where I think it's hard. I think because I Am Setsuna is such a great game, anything uh, that didn't live up to it was going to be mediocre. And I don't think I the game see. did. I mean, it visually, it's pretty and everything. I think the balance is good, but I Am Setsuna was just a really great great game it was overall like, i wish i could have finished it why didn't you i told you why i didn't oh you're right i forgot i think i've said on the show why i have not done so <laughs> that was a while ago though look man you gotta go back in the archives and find out that all right um so one day i was at the last dungeon everything is cool and that last dungeon is a, is kind of difficult, but I found the rhythm and the way to deal with these enemies that just kept showing up. Everything was fine. All I had to do was not break the rhythm. Everything will be fine. But then, my wife, bless her soul, totally just just threw everything off, and I died. Now I'm thinking, all right. That's fine. Surely there's no way I would have wasted so much time that they would just throw me back at the beginning of the dungeon. Wrong. I was back at the beginning of that dungeon. Oh, no. And my heart sank. (laughs) Like, (laughs) after that, I just cut the game off and I have not gone back. I don't really blame you because, like, last dungeons can be exhausting and to have to redo it again you have to be a masochist to be honest man and that game was wonderful up till then it ain't even the game's fault but i I can't yeah i can't do it maybe one day you're just like you know what i just want to do this it might happen maybe maybe i will get that closure i so sorely need I remember, like, years ago, I remember I was playing Lunar the very first time, and it was just one part. It was a, a puzzle, and it made no sense to me. And I was, like, when I was 14, I must have waited maybe six years later. I was, like, 20. And I was like, I'm going to try this dungeon again. I still have my save data, too. I got through it. I'm like, <gasps> I was so happy. I actually finally beat that game six years later. That is one of the best feelings. You go back to a game that gave you trouble, that you didn't finish, mm-hmm. and then you just you just beat it. Just beat it. Oh, God, that changed my life. That game yeah, still like changing. Maybe I will go back and play this game. Yeah. I think there's one day where you're like, you know what? You got to be in a really good mood, too, to do that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. You can't be like a bad day at work and decide to do this because you ain't going to get through no. it. That means I'm probably going to have to buy the game again, which is fine, because I do like that game. Well, I still have it, though, so. On PS4? Yeah. Gasp. Yeah, I still have it. That game's great. That. Only knock out. Are you going to get it on Switch? Because I'm going to probably get it on Switch, too. Cause I think they I think they optimized it for the Switch. Only knock Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, games I know they're making it for this system, I'm usually more inclined to buy it for Yeah, if it's, if it's a port, I'm a little wary and I need to see because sometimes you get really nasty ports <laughs> that don't play correctly. 
and look kind of like garbage. Yikes. And the game could be great, but Yikes. it doesn't matter because the port is trash. Yikes. 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 Well, that was pointed. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's move into Neo. So they finally showed a gameplay trailer, which is pretty much showing this game's going to be nothing more than a re- uh, not a remake, but like this is just more Neo. We're retreading Neo with if Double you, Trigger. If you, <laughs> that's all we're doing. If we, you liked Neo, you will like Neo too, <laughs> and you will also get a demon form, which isn't a bad thing. They not know what they're all. good at. They're like, you know, what? let's stick to what we're doing. Let's not like rock the boat, right? We are fast Dark Souls. That's all it is. It is not bad. No. They have more characters too, I think, in this game. Yes. For part two. So tr- if you like Neo and you said to yourself, man, this game would be great with Devil Trigger, <laughs> then boy, do we have a trailer for you. Yeah. I think it came out a couple of days ago. They, yes. got, they, they have an alpha demo that's going to be coming out that you. I think it's a closed um, beta or something. Yeah, people are just randomly getting emails to their uh, PSN accounts. So, if you are interested, check your email. You might have a code just sitting there. Yeah. You can try it out and see if you like the game, which if you like the first <sighs> like, one, you'll probably like the second one. Like, I don't. <laughs> Whoa. I would like to. You would like to have a... I uh, would very much like to have one, because <laughs> I like Neo. Neo's good. I dare say I love it. Do you like it more than Dark Souls? Yes. Oh, that was no quick. debate. That was quick. Well, that's because I don't really like Dark Souls. Ah, Okay. Like it's it's just big dudes in armor <laughs> fighting like horror creatures. Yeah, Bloodborne did it better. Yikes! Isn't that the same studio though? Yeah, but they decided, hey, what if you weren't some dude in clanking armor, and what if, what if you were cool by the plot? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that until you said Bloodborne. Yep, yep. <laughs> Everything was by the plot. Look, Bloodborne is great. That's, I still feel like that's the best game from software has ever made that I have played. And I say that specifically because I haven't played Sekiro yet. Oh, you gotta play that. No. The memes alone are good. No. The memes alone make Look, the game. Okay. I, self-care sometimes is playing games and sometimes it's not. But you like playing hard games, though. That's not the point. What's the point, then? The point is maybe I don't want to play Sekiro. Why not? Give me one good reason why you want to play Sekiro. It hard. <laughs> you just said you like playing hard games. Yeah, but not masochistic hard. Wow. Just you know what? I'll tell you what, Michael. If I can find like a used copy that I can take back if I don't <laughs> like it, then emphasis on take back. <laughs> if I don't like it, then I'll play it. I, okay, that's that's fair. That's fair. You probably could find. I'm sure you could find a copy of that game. You know why? Because it's so hard. People Yo, like I'm taking it back. <laughs> I mean, they sold a million copies, and I'm sure five hundred thousand of them went right back. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, sure they can do that. All right, I think that wraps up the rundown. So now we're gonna go into the more. CD oh, whoa, 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 whoa! We got one more thing. Oh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. My Stupid God. of me. How how dumb is me? We got a whole X Men trailer. I know, and it's from the same. It's from the type of the main Neo. This is Team Ninja. Man. I finally got that license. Foolish fool of me. How can I forget this? They finally got that license. Yeah, so that X-Men trailer for Marvel Alliance 3 was hype. We can finally play Magneto. Yeah, that was was lit. That trailer was great. That whole trailer was good. I am maining Psylocke day one. She has a sword and her her, uh, side blade. It's going to down. 
man, we can fight against the evil Sentinels and not have to rename them something stupid. Yo, those Sentinels look great, though. I like the way they did the redesign for them for their game. Man, we can fight them and we don't have to call them mutant hunters. Mutant <laughs> hunters. <laughs> we can just call them Sentinels. Uh, I can't wait for that game to come out day one. That game's getting bought. Yeah. I'm so proud of Team Ninja. I'm just going to come squad? through. Oh, oh, yeah, we guys definitely got a squad. I mean, yeah, I mean, our third is talking about Sabretooth. Yuck. He always ruined his days. I mean, he ain't going to snap his fingers and call Birdie. He really ain't. Like, this ain't. He's boss. He did say he wanted to play on Venom, too. So. I mean, he's got Venom. He's fine. Yeah. He'll be all right. Are you going to play on Deadpool, too? Yes. Yeah. I don't know who else I'm going to play besides Hawkeye. Like, I, I don't know. see anybody I'm not going to play except Hawkeye because Ugh. I mean, it's Hawkeye. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, we'll probably play um, um, Black Panther. I know he's there, too. Oh, yeah. That's right. Black Widow was there. I'm not gonna play her either. I'm definitely gonna play um Scarlet Witch because I, I, I want can't magic play characters that like die so easily. Magic must <laughs> whoa, <laughs> that's a whole spoiler. <laughs> Look, it's been enough time. You know you're right. The Russo brothers already said right, that they say we could talk about this. <laughs> Can we ye heard the game, man? <laughs> so Look, all we yo, gotta do is find a pick. <laughs> What if you can yeet her? I know this whole game's about this, uh, the Infinity Stones. So what if you can yeet her for the Infinity for the Soul Stone? Well, just like in the movie. Well, that's what we call realism. Yikes. I mean, I'm sorry, but I would do that in real life. I would yeet her for the Soul Stone. If I had to pick some, one of my peoples to like just yeet like that, <laughs> she's going. I think Gamora's this game, too. Is and she? then I might... Throw um, Hawkeye out to see if I can get two soul You can't stones. get two soul stones, only one soul stone. This ain't about one, get one free thing. This ain't no two for one. I mean, <laughs> you cannot eat two people if you go get two soul stones. <laughs> see, that's why you can't be in the Marvel Universe, because you be on dummies. They're going to be like, uh, give us a soul stone back. You playing. <laughs> playing live face. Talk about some, can we get two? <laughs> can I get a, uh, two soul stones? <laughs> I mean, two souls, two soul stones. I mean, it makes sense to me. You can't be in the Marvel Universe. You would get us messed. You would mess up everything. Damn. We would not get the soul stone because you, and people would be dead because you don't follow rules. <laughs> so can I get, can I get uh, <laughs> two soul stones? Fine. We won't have two soul stones because we won't try. Can't, cannot deal with you. I can't believe he said, can I get uh, two soul stones? <laughs> Yeah, that game looks good. I'm gonna definitely buy that day one. I'm excited to play it. It has been a Marvel Alliance game like forever, and the fact that Team Ninja is gonna be developing it means it's gonna be really good action. So, all right, good times over. Yep, this is Anthony's favorite portion of the show. <laughs> he gets to talk. Well, about... I get the shit on the games. Industry. Yeah, pretty much. So, so. Oh, this one actually makes me sad to talk about because I, I I'm really looking forward to this game. But I've become a firm believer that no game is worth the human condition. Yeah, I agree. And so we start off talking about Cyberpunk 2077 and their terrible development so far. Now, the article cited that they are having anthem levels of bad development. And to put that in context, in case you didn't read Jason Schreier's expose on development of anthem, the highlights there was that they spent, what was it, eight, 16 or 18 months in pre-production? Whoa, that's a long time. Yes. Jesus Christ. That most of their production was spent in pre-production. 
like that. So that's probably like creating assets and stuff. Hold on. I think I'm getting that wrong. I think that was how much time they have for actual development. Okay. Point is, most of their time was spent in pre-production. That's a long like time. a lot of time. Jesus Christ. What was they doing? I don't know. Were they putting like every pixel on everything like individually? I mean... Well, it was mostly really bad development uh, management mm. because... Sounds about right. Oh, boy. Like, they were talking about, well, we're the Bioware A-team, and we get to say what's what, and, you know, we don't have to listen to the B-team. Yeah, the B-team? Yes. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> Dang, not the B team. And then when they released the E3 trailer, that wasn't even the real game. They were like, what is this? Did we got to make this? Because that was... Hold up. So are you telling me that they weren't sure what game they were making? Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying to you. Wow. Okay. So what happened was that they had an initial game idea. It was actually going to be called Beyond... And they were showing this off to Patrick Soderlin when he was working there, and he didn't like it. <laughs> so <laughs> surprise, surprise! They decided to make it more action oriented with jetpacks and flight and stuff like that. And that's then what they showed to him. And they said, then after that, okay, we have now. This is the game we have to make. This is the game that they're going to have to start expecting. So they just kind of threw that up at E3. And a lot of people were just like, not ready to make this game. Some people just didn't know. Mm. Well, so how does this tie in to, um, <clears throat> so, this is like, so this is like the similar situation going on with Cyberpunk? That is what they are saying. They're saying that they're face. Yeah, these are the kind of conditions they're saying they're working under right now. Yuck. Yuck, that's terrible. What's up with all these companies not coming out? Like, there's, like, all these, like, uproars and, like, developments for these games. Or maybe it's because now people feel like they have to say something. Yeah, because now people have a, have their attention. Yeah. After that Jason Schreier thing, people were listening. People hear what's going on now. People will buy games and not know anything about what's supposed to be happening. But... This is what this is what is the cost of a game these days. Yeah, those long crunch periods, people going through all sorts of depression, uh, people being stress casualties, which is really supposed to be for the military, as I understand it. Yeah, this is what goes on, and people don't know about it. People go around unaware. Playing their EA games, their Activision games, Yuck. all that stuff. Ugh. And I don't want to say that to make people feel guilty or anything like that. I just want that to be known when we sit here and we discuss games and we act like when developers say, yeah, we had 100 hour work weeks. That's not to be celebrated. That's really not. That whole crunch stuff is terrible. Because the, the worst part about that is, like, a lot of the, the big wigs and, like, the top executives, they go home at 6 o'clock. Right. Where everybody else is sitting there, like, at the development place, still at their computers, tired from a 16-hour day, and they're still not even done. And then the expectation that you have to do these, like, long-hour shifts, 
Like, it's not like, oh, as they say, it's, it's optional. We're not putting a gun to your head. But from a person, I've worked in places like this where it's like, they have kind of like that corporate intimidation where they kind of like intimidate you to feel like you have to do it to keep your job. Like, I know what type of that feels like. It's awful. It's yeah. Really awful. It's not something people can just walk away from because they need to work. Yeah, they need to live. Like, I don't understand why companies think that these whole, like, really tumultuous development cycles are going to make, you know, these games better. Like, you would think people who are more creative would be in an environment that allows them to be creative would make a better game. Yeah. So, as you all play games, enjoy the games that you enjoy and support the games that you love, always. However, when you have developments like this and then the publishers come out with their proud development this and we we have bioware magic you know, and then forget Ew, that little so gross let's forget that and they try to make it seem like they're hard workers understand that that is abuse yeah workplace abuse is a thing yes and that's going to tie into the next thing we talk about unfortunately because um the industry on many levels is full of crap Ah, this yes. is this is just the start. The next uh, gets a little bit more serious. If you all haven't heard about it by now, uh, we are talking about the Riot Games walkout. Yeah, that was a bit much, but for good reason, though. So 150 staff members at Riot walked out. And for people who don't know who Riot is, they had the people behind uh, League of Legends. So uh, they all walked out. Because of a policy that they have that makes it so they can't sue the company. Now, why would they want to sue the company, you ask? Well, (laughs) because of sexual harassment. They've had a lot of talk around sexual harassment lately, and nobody can sue the company. Because of forced arbitration and sexist culture. That's the official terminology they use for the walkout. And uh, who boy. All they want is for that stuff to be ended. So that if they need to seek legal action, they can. Mm. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem as though Riot was really listening. Riot just kind of put out a statement that they uh, they want to improve the workplace culture if they can. And even go so far as to let us know that these are all rioters. Ha! Ha ha! You're so funny, Riot Games. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's fine. Because um, labeling employees like that really does feel a little seedy and creepy. This seems like a whole HR nightmare, to be honest. Like, all of this sounds like that. Yeah. I don't know what contract they signed, but this like they are really in the shitter with this whole situation because it's like illegally they can't really do much yeah they have to stay silent they have to keep all this to themselves and they, they have to find ways to have some sort of recourse where they are still within their legal contracts so they don't get sued or anything like that by these large companies because you know they will oh they will they're petty enough to do it you know to send a message but so, on top of that they need to get the word out because People need to know about this kind of stuff. They're in a really bad situation because 
they have to do everything internally and if you have a crappy internal like human resources like department which i'm sure is what's going on right now they're not going to sell anything like oh well we don't have any evidence of such acts ever happening or something like that it just seems really seedy so it's not a lot you can really do in a situation you can't go outward to like do something you can't go inward to do something either it's like yeah what do you do kind of stuck you're really stuck it's that's that's terrible and of course the obvious answer for us would be, well, just quit your job. But no, I, I would never suggest anybody yeah. who does not have the financial position to do so to just up and quit. Or have an opportunity to go somewhere else. Because right? even in this industry, this industry talks to each other a lot. Oh, yes. So if you leave right because of something like that and they know about it, they'll just blacklist you. Yeah. And once you're blacklisted in a company other companies are going to know about that mm-hmm. you can't just go from riot be blacklisted from riot then go to like say activision yeah and the- then you think you're gonna have about to work in this industry and it's not even just companies like that you get blacklisted from all sorts you get blacklisted from advertising you get blacklisted from uh from publications the game industry is pretty pretty small it, it is it's small enough where things like that are very possible so even then, after you can go indie or something like that, how are you going to get coverage? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you can do it yourself organically through, like, Facebook and Twitter and social media and stuff like that. But even that's not enough sometimes. Sometimes you're going to need ad space. You're going to need the funding for that. And the big companies can make it real hard for small companies if they really want to. Oh, yeah. This is... <sighs> I just think this whole situation is bad because of the fact that there's no, they need a third party person in general to regulate the game industry. That's what it sounds like to me well, at this point. Well, like we just need something to step in. Cause it's like, they're just going and doing whatever they want to do and not giving any care to the people that's working on these games to begin with. It's like, I'm glad it's getting more attention because the more attention means people are going to be a little more wiser about the games they're buying and knowing what went to get me games for where they are. Well, if it helps you feel any better, they are, the rumblings of unionization are yes, starting to get louder yes, and louder. Yes, we need that. Plus, the government's starting to step in on some of this stuff. For the good reasons this time, not just to be regulating games because they're too violent. Yes. So, that segues way perfectly into the loot box bill. Yes. I'm here for it. So... The loot box bill has been introduced to the Senate and the game industry is shooketh. They need to be because people have been saying all this time, Hey man, maybe y'all should chill. Maybe you should relax on that. And now we got bipartisan support, right? Which means that the Democrats and the Republicans are, are shaking hands like, man, EA really went too far very far (laughs) so shout out to Josh Hawley who introduced this bill to the Senate he is a Missouri senator shout out to Missouri I guess all right come through Missouri I mean mean, when other states are doing other stupid stuff it's good to know that we got a cut (laughs) sorry it's good to know we got a few good states yes shout out to Missouri in the Midwest, doing something good for a change. Before we found out Missouri's doing something else. But hey. Yeah, right? Ugh. But yeah. 
So what does the bill exactly do? So it's pretty much cracking down on loot boxes that creates a pay-to-win atmosphere. Okay. And loot boxes that are like... Because... that that Sorry, getting tongue tied there. So they are targeting loot boxes because they believe that they are addictive. And they believe that they only encourage more spending, which exploits the children. Yep. Which is, you know, always the angle for these bills, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And whatever angle you have to use to make this work, go for it. Yeah. If you got to say, think of the children, fine. Even though there's so plenty. Please think of the children. You know, despite <laughs> the fact that there are plenty of adults who need this kind of regulation. Too. Yo, because the adults, they can do whatever they want. And there's no, no consequences to some of the stuff they do. Like, yeah, adults need regulations, too. <laughs> now... I'm I'm not gonna lie, even I have fallen a, a bit prey to some loot boxes. Sometimes I've never spent exorbitant amounts of money, but I do realize that there have been times where I was like, "Well, maybe if I roll the dice one more time, I get the thing." And that's what they're designed to do. Yeah, and so now they want to make some kind of legislation to crack down on those to regulate them, not so much stop them and make them just gone altogether, but to regulate them. Of course, uh, the ESA. The people who put the ratings on games are pushing back, saying that uh, this bill is full of inaccuracies and it's all wrong because loot boxes aren't gambling. They're using the logic that they haven't been seen as gambling in other places in like what a couple countries, despite the fact that there are so many others. So many other. Belgium was on it. Belgium was on it. Belgium was like, nah, nah, we ain't doing this. Like, they are very much cherry-picking the facts to make it seem like loot boxes just aren't that bad. Nah. Yeah. Nah, man. You can find way more testimonies of people who have had addictive tendencies with them that you can ignore, Yeah, because it's the idea that you're, like, you don't know what you're going to get, and that rush of adrenaline comes from the fact that you don't know what you're going to get. Like, oh, I could get something really cool this time. And, oh, it might be something really awesome this time. And then when you do get that cool thing, you it really makes more. you feel good because it, then you can get another cool thing. Yep. That dopamine you get from it is crazy. So it's like, oh, I want to feel that rush again. Let me do it again. I'm not going to lie, man. That was, for me, that was um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. Because, mm. um, yeah, I mean, it's not technically a loot box because it's a card pack. But the principle is still it's there, the same right? Thing. Yeah, the only leeway it gets is "quote unquote" it's free, and it is. It's it's one of the much less egregious ones because they still give you plenty where if you want to play for free, you could. But of course, it'd be harder if you pay money for like a car pack. You get a cool car, and you want that car, and you want like three of them. You keep going. Yeah. So, yeah, that type of stuff is difficult to just shake. Especially when you put it in a $60 game. Yeah. That's where it gets really bad. I'm down with blue boxes being regulated or actually obliterated, to be honest. Like, get rid of them. Well, slowly but surely, I think that's happening. Yeah. Because whether we like it or not, loot boxes do hurt games. They do. They do not promote creativity. Nope. They do not promote. They do not, like, have some kind of artist expression. They are purely there. For monetization. Mm-hmm. That's it. Did it make more money? Ugh. All right. What's next on our docket? 
I know so, it's like your favorite, your other favorite topic. <laughs> you just had any reason to talk about this game. Uh, so Anthem, right? <laughs> we, we talked about them a little bit before, but um, let's talk about the fact that Anthem is dying. What? It's How? looking like a corpse. How? It's one of the biggest games that came out this year. Yeah, that's what people would have told you before it came out, but how many of those people are still playing? There are few. Look, man, there was already something that came out that said if you play on a certain difficulty, you're not going to find matches. Yikes. Ooh, that's for one. Two, the subreddit for Anthem is on fire. Because... Because it's burning down to the ground and it's oh. becoming smoldering ash. So everybody's just watching it burn? Yes. That's uh, what that Reddit is pretty much at this point. Yikes. The official Twitter hasn't tweeted in like a month. That's a long time. Yeah, especially for a game that's supposed to be a live service. How you gonna have a live service and not live like updates? Like, you I should mean, be it's still on. <laughs> it's still on. Right. We need worry just it's still on. How do you? Yes. It's still on. It still works. You doing the most for the least, <laughs> as always when it comes to this topic. Oh, oh, oh! I I just pulled up the Reddit. Uh huh. We're gonna we're gonna read some of these spicy posts. Oh, these spicy takes. Yes. Oh God. Let's see. Well, Anthem is an actual scam. <laughs> That's a good one. It's an actual scam. Logged back into Anthem after almost two months of not playing, and it's still unplayable. Wow. <laughs> Anthem officially has one person left streaming with any viewers. Yikes! Yo, did they have like a like twenty thousand people like every other day mm-hmm. just about when it first came out? Know. Now it's like no one's playing it online. This game is obviously dead now. <laughs> he says it's a scam. That is the best one. Is this a bad joke? Oh no, not an out of season April Fool's joke. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Okay, that scared one is my favorite that, comment. It's good. He says this is. <laughs> oh God! Triple A gaming is great. I wish I was allowed a refund. Of course not, man. Let's face the hard, honest truth. Fallout seventy six is better than Anthem. Yikes! Oh God! <sighs> oh man, that that one stung. That, I see. Oh, uh, this is great. Oh, man. AAA gaming has just gotten so terrible over the years. Like, we get these unfinished games. We got to pay premium prices for it. You got to pay premium prices for, like, the Deluxe Edition or the Super Deluxe Edition or the Super Dumb Deluxe Edition and stuff. And this is for a game to be completely, like, desolate a couple of months later. Like, I would be upset if I spent $100 on this game and I can, I'm now there's no one I can play with. Just go play Monster Hunter World. I mean, that's a good game. Yeah, <laughs> like it's a it's a complete game. Like it's, it has a new patch coming out. Like what September? The Iceborne stuff. Shout out to Capcom. Y'all did that. This whole Monster Hunter. Ooh. Oh, oh, I, I ooh, oh no. Here we go. Where we at? I, I clicked on the Anthem as an actual scam to see the entirety of the post. <clears throat> that's putting it lightly. I've never seen such an incompetent team handle a game so poorly. There's been no news in weeks. The Anthem Twitter hasn't posted anything in a month. I can't even play the fucking game because it's dead and I can't match with anyone. I demand a refund. I hope EA will realize that they need to just end development of this game and refund everyone. So they're never going to do that. Of course not. The money they made is is in their pockets already. Yep. 
well, not everybody's pocket, just the main executives. Yeah. They're like, ha ha ha, let me get this this Tesla. <laughs> right? They can still have their platinum dishes. Yeah. Their their mountain water faucets. Their product their product stuff or their Gucci sandals they probably got. Right? They Gucci slides. <laughs> This is so gross. It's just like AAA gaming is like such a joke now. Like yeah. they make these half-ass games. They make you pay all this money. You gotta get these season passes and these like it's it's just gross. That's why I'm so into the Mindy market, man. Man, we need to make a whole show about like the indie market. I'm down for that, like, man. I need to get that done like sometime soon because I'm so down for that. Because like or like the or like the in between like market. Oh the oh the double play market. Yeah. Like that in between AAA that and too. indie, because that's a good market right now too. It, shop indie, man. Yeah. Indie games are really pulling off some great things. They are because they like they don't they're not bogged down by like board of governors and all this other bureaucracy and garbage and numbers and spreadsheets and this in the red. We need to get it the, the green and, and seeing how well received the that five posts of uh, those five games went. Yes, people really like that one. I. We'll try to make that a weekly thing because I play a lot and I want people to know about these games. Well, if you can't do like five, just like a spotlight. Yeah. Like a indie spotlight. You know what? That might be better. So yeah. I'm not, you know, spreading it too thin and I'm going to force myself to play games to see if they're good. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, yeah, we'll do the spotlight, like a weekly spotlight on a game. I think Thursday would be a good day. Okay. Yeah. Throwback Thursdays. Because we can't have you not doing your fight Fridays. Like people like those too. At least those get a lot of people talking. Yeah, because I might be a contrarian sometimes about these things. I mean, it gets people talking. I mean, it gets very, like, polarizing-like things, which is fine. I like polarizing, because that means people are, like, on different sides of it. Yeah. So, but yeah, indie thing. We'll find a cool, I'll find a cool name for it. Yeah, but uh, who Anthem? <laughs> that that ship is sinking. That, that That's a trash fire. Man. Roll down the street. <laughs> like, da, it's, da, da, da. Da, da, da. It's not going anywhere good. Da, 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 da. Just, just play the horns. Just wow. Play the horns out for it. It's dead. It's dead, Jim. It's over. It's done. The dream is dead. I'm down. All right. Our last portion of this will be the PlayStation Five. Yeah. And all we know about it so far because it is looking kind of great. Yeah. The fact that it's backwards compatible for PS4 is already a selling point. That's that's already great. That's already mean bought. Yeah. Because that means I don't have to buy games for it immediately. Nope. And that means Street Fighter Five going to be playable on it. Yep. <laughs> Shout out to all the people that said their game is dead. Their game was amazing this weekend. Yep. Anywho. Um, <laughs> and then this game got like Microsoft and Sony shaking hands on game streaming. Yeah, that's going to be great. Because, you know, the whole game streaming thing has been kind of trash. Because PlayStation Now is garbage. I don't care what anybody says. So they're going to find a way to make that not be trash yeah, anymore. Yeah, because Microsoft found a way to not make it as trash. That's good. Well, share your share. But they got that whole Game Pass going on, and that actually sounds like a pretty good deal. Yeah. It's good now until they jack up the prices again when people start getting it. You yeah. know they will. Because right now it's a little ridiculous how much you can get for so little. Yeah. For now. Yeah. The load times for that PS5... For the PS4 games are ridiculous, man. Like it's like, it was like almost instantaneous, man. Yeah, 
it's actually kind of crazy. We've been we've been longing for a console to have like low, like really low low times or just none existing in general. So the fact they're able to do that, even if it's for backwards compatibility, it's still great. I don't know what type of engine. I'm not like, gonna fail. Do you know what I would give? For Tekken 7 to not take 30 seconds to load? Who you telling? That game is so much fun, but them load times suck. Man, you better be ready to be playing that game, and you just got to have something to do for 30 seconds. Yeah. Get ready for the next battle. (laughs) Dude, you just sit there. (laughs) Ugh. So, yeah, I'm excited for the PS5. I'm glad it's not coming out this year. I'm glad it's coming out, like, what, probably next year? Probably next year. Yeah, you're probably going to launch it. I might not buy it, like, that first year because, of course, I'm never, like, on board with first-year tech anyway. Yeah, same here. So I'm going to just wait to see how things go. Because I don't want the, like, the disc tray to be messed up or something or... Or the thing overheats. Yeah, because that's a thing. Or they spontaneously combust. You don't need none of that. Yeah, none of that. None of that here. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for it. I just want to see what else they're going to show. Hopefully they show something at E3 this year. Well, so far, so good, man. They're probably going to have a state of play or something. Because they're, they're not going to be at E3 this year. So they're going to have that sometime. Can we take a quick second to talk about state of play? <laughs> can we take a quick second to talk about Okay. Because I've seen the two that they've had so far. Okay. Can they not try so hard to be Nintendo? Why not? It's seems- can they try like their absolute best to not be Nintendo? You sound silly. Especially when they put so much fluff. So much freaking fluff. <laughs> Although the second one was better than the first. The first was trash. <laughs> and let's uh, let's be honest, that was just the MK11 trailer featuring other stuff. Yeah. Just like this past one was the Final Fantasy 7 trailer featuring other stuff. I mean, yeah. Look, the state of play will never be in the Nintendo Direct, okay? It will never be. Especially since they don't have... See, what made the Nintendo Directs cool, right, is that you have personalities that cross the line between, like, enthusiastic and cheesy. And that makes you kind of want to just listen up to what they have to say. Plus, they have great games coming out. Yeah. All I have from the state of play is, like, this disjointed um, voice from, like, some rhythm game talking to me about these games like aren't they super cool like go ahead uh, i don't even know who you are <laughs> yeah they don't have like personalities in like sony as far as like people we know and we see visibly very often like if i knew that there were actual human beings behind this maybe i'd be maybe i'd care you're terrible for that look <laughs> look and, and and before Xbox comes out with the box or something like that, they better have a better day for that new one. I swear <laughs> to God, if they call it Xbox <laughs> Square or Xbox or Cubed, oh, I'm gonna be so bad. The Cube, I'm gonna be so bad. We have got to fix this because Xbox One was a terrible name. Like 360 was cool because it's like, oh, it's 360. But this Xbox One name, the Xbox One X, and the Xbox One S. Like, are we in like what's that game? Near or, the X, or the Xbox S All Digital Edition, aka That's, the Xbox Sad. <laughs> that thing should be hundred and fifty dollars. That thing should be free. What do you? Wow, <laughs> he said freezy. Yo, okay, <sighs> all right. <sighs> 
So yeah, that's that. Um, that's our um lowdown and rundown for this week. If they come out with something called the box, they owe me money. <laughs> they better not do that ever. <sighs> All right. Um. So our last portion of the show will be actually an interview I did last weekend at ASIN. Shout out to ASIN. You know, I had a very polarizing time. Um, it was fun at some points. It was not fun at certain points, too. As per usual. Um, yeah. They had really great grass. I was able to interview Stephanie Shea. She does a voice for um, Sailor Moon, so that was awesome. Ooh. And I got to do probably one of my, um, part of my bucket list um, interviews. I got to do the um, uh, interview with Caitlin Glass. She does a voice for Renry from uh, Four Minute Alchemist. And she does a voice, of course, for Cammy White for Street Fighter since four. So she's been doing it for, what, almost 10 years? Yeah. So I was really excited to do most of the interviews. So we're going to have those after the break, and we'll be right back. I tried hard, but I went so long. I hope I lost all of There, this is Cami White, and you're listening to Rushdown Radio. Hi, everyone. It's Stephanie Shea. Uh, do I have to say who I like? What I do? <laughs> uh, I'm a voice actress, uh, most well known for uh, voicing Sailor Moon, uh, but that currently, not like from 20 years ago. <laughs> so, can you tell me how you got started in the voice acting? Yeah, sure. Um, I had always really wanted to be an actor, and um, I was an anime fan, um, and um, I I uh, had got it. I had a job 
producing um, anime, mm-hmm. uh, producing English dubs of anime. And so I got that job to get my foot in the door. And then they let me audition for Steph. And um, that's those were my first gigs. Oh, cool. Uh, so what was like your first like big role? Like, the one that like, kind of like put you on the map as a voice actress? You know what? It's really funny because my my second role ever was Mamimi and Furikuri. Mm-hmm. But at the time, like, nobody really knew what Furikuri was. Like, oh, yeah. I would go to, like, a convention and people would be, people would be way more excited to meet a girl who played, like, someone's mom and some <laughs> bit parts in, like, his and her circumstances. Uh-huh. But I never heard of Furikuri. And now Furikuri is, like, massive. it's massive. Yeah. So, yeah. So I would, I would say that that was my first big role but honestly it didn't really put me on the map <laughs> you know <laughs> all right so we all know that you're the voice actress for Moon, which is a big deal uh-huh. um so i remember being at uh, c2e2 a few years ago but you had your panel there you uh-huh. talked about how you got the role but i know people haven't been able to hear that story so how did you get the role of Moon? i mean it's it's not super super complicated um i auditioned um I auditioned for the role, and then um, I was in Hawaii on vacation for my birthday, and while I was there, I got an email asking me to come in for a callback, and um, I just, I wasn't about to fly home. (laughs) You know, I was in Hawaii. It was my birthday, so... I said, I'm so sorry, I can't come for the callback. If it takes me out of the running, I understand. And they were like, no, no, it's not going to take you out of the running. So then the day that I was leaving, packing up to go home, I got an email saying that I'd been cast. Oh. But they didn't tell me who I was cast as. Uh. So I had always, I, I assumed that I, I don't know why, I thought I'd been cast as like Ami. <laughs> I, I don't know why, because I think that's usually like, I don't know, I'm like the nerdy, bookish friend is mm-hmm. how I identify myself. So I never in my wildest dream thought it was um, Sailor Moon. And actually, they never told me until the day before I went into recording. It was um, it was so secret that everyone was so paranoid and everyone was so paranoid to even ask. And I was in the studio, the same studio. It was at Studiopolis. They record Sailor Moon. Mm -hmm. I was working with Mary Elizabeth, and we were recording some Naruto. Mm -hmm. And um, Jamie, the owner, goes, okay, see you tomorrow. And I'm like, huh, what? (laughs) I I don't know why I didn't register. It was, you know, for your session. And I was like, oh, right, 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 right. (laughs) And they left. And then he popped his head back, and he's like, did we ever tell you who you were playing? And I was like, oh, No. And then he's like, oh, well, you're playing, you know, the, her, the, the Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon. And I, was like, I go, and I go, what? And then I looked in, uh, I looked in the control room and I see Mary Elizabeth going like, like thumbs upping me going like, congratulations, that's awesome. And then Jamie goes, shh, it's a secret. Like you can't tell anybody. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of like how it happened. Robbie apparently knew though. Oh, okay. Um, I was directing Robbie on a show on a movie called Patima Inverted mm-hmm. and um it was kind of like earlier in his anime career I've known Robbie for a while um and uh he, it was like early in his anime career 
and he came in and he had said something. He's like, oh, I'm so glad I'm doing this project because I just booked this really big job and this like helps me get like kind of get more into dubbing so that when I go to the big job, I'm going to feel more comfortable. Yeah. And I go, oh, and I was like, what big job is, is it? And he goes, I can't tell you. And I go, oh, <laughs> is it the big job at Studiopolis where you have to be available for AX? And he goes, it is that big job. And then I go, and you know, there's like no guys in Sailor Moon. So yeah. I obviously already knew who Robbie was cast as. Yeah. And then... Robbie was like, oh, and then, and then he, and, and I said, I am on that job as well. And he goes, congratulations. And I go, congratulations to you too. <laughs> we were all talking in code. And then Robbie goes, did, do you know who you're playing? And I go, no. Do you know who I'm playing? And he's like, what? No, no. <laughs> and then it turned out at AX when we were doing behind the scenes interviews, Robbie knew because apparently when they emailed him, they accidentally sent him the entire cast list. Oh. So while none of us knew who each other was because we were like terrified in Soren's to secrecy, nobody knew who was playing what. Um, even when we like saw each other, you know, coming in and out of the booth for a while anyways. Um, Robbie knew the whole time. But he was a good boy and he kept his mouth shut. <laughs> All right, so when they redubbed the original 90s anime, how did that come about, too? I don't know what the choice was. I, I'm This is what I'm guessing. I can't speak entirely for this. Um, but, um, you know, the original show was came out on TV at a time when certain things, people didn't think that certain things were socially acceptable to have on television for kids programming okay so you know they changed names mm-hmm. you know um they changed sexual orientation yeah. of people um so i think that since crystal was coming out they wanted they wanted fans to be able to and also you know the old sailor moon stuff it's like it was out of print yeah. um there were multiple actresses who played sailor moon Actually, there were two different companies who dubbed it. There was one company for the first half and the, another company for the later half. And then Sailor Stars was never dubbed. Yeah. So I think they made this decision that, where they're like, you know what? We're going to redub the whole thing with one single cast. And we're going to be more true to the Japanese. And I think they wanted to have a, a version of it out there, you know, that was more cohesive. Yeah. It made sense, too. When you listen to it now, it's like it's like really consistent and really coherent for the whole story so like you go from the 90s to the crystal like oh, okay everyone sounds the same so it's like so the other thing too is like um as much as i am indebted to the original cast you know um because there would be no sailor moon popularity today if it wasn't for the original dub cast yeah. you know what i mean and i so i i just want to kind of like give props to them you know and acknowledge their contribution in the entire franchise um but we are the only cast that was approved by the by japan so that's kind of nice that is was there any pressure to take on the role of sailor moon oh, you- oh yeah are you kidding me? <laughs> um michelle ruff wanted to take michelle ruff voices luna mm-hmm. my very annoying know-it-all cat <laughs> anyway um, Michelle took me out for dinner for my birthday 
And when she picked me up, the first words out of her mouth were, are you ready for the backlash? And I go, wait, what? And she's like, she goes, come on, Steph. We're probably going to get a lot of hate. And then I sat in the car and I goes, oh, no, I never even thought about that. So, um, but you know what? Honestly, it, I haven't really seen that much. I think there are a few people who, who prefer the old dubs because they're familiar with it and that's yeah. what they're used to. Um, at, but for the most part, the fandom has been like really great and really accepting. And at that first anime expo, Viz invited some of the old dub cast and they showed up and they were there to kind of like, pass the torch and it was so sweet of them to support us that way you know what I mean so I I really I was prepared for a lot worse (laughs) (laughs) so how did it feel like knowing you were playing like such an iconic character like she's so important to anime in general yeah I mean now I think it's it's amazing I'm super grateful it took me a long time to be able to own that part I kept thinking I was living in some weird bizarro fantasy dream <laughs> where they messed up or something like that <laughs> alright so we can shift gears a little bit to like some of your video game stuff you've done okay I didn't know that you played the voice for um Samaria in uh, Project no not Project it's the wrong game um, Valkyrie Profile Part 2 yes I was so excited I, like, I didn't even know like now until I figured it out I'm like oh wow that's still a long voice yeah. How'd you get the role for uh, Samaria? I don't remember. Oh. Um, and that's also Michelle Ruff. Oh, okay. Michelle plays the uh, the little girl version. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is so weird because Michelle's always like, it's like opposite. Usually your cast is the little, uh, the high little voice and <laughs> I'm the deeper voice. And um, yeah, that game was a while ago. It was like one of my earlier kind of big games. Yeah, it was fun. It's one of my favorites. So I was like, oh my God, that's one of my favorite characters. Samaria was kind of mean, though. <laughs> she was. She was. She was like, um, let's get on, get on targets, get on progress. She was like really authoritative and stuff. So. Yeah. Um, so what about Tharja? I know you. Oh, Tharja's my favorite. I can t- uh, she's Tharja such a, is so. She's such a complete opposite of the characters you've done before. So, what is it like? Yeah. Oh like my her? God. It's, it's totally, it's so much fun. It's my favorite. Also, you know what? Thank, thank God for the, the, the game team, but they, they really have kind of let me make her into her own thing. Mm-hmm. I think the U.S. version is a little bit different than the Japanese version. It's all based off the Japanese version, though. Yeah. But I've had so much fun, and it's and it's so layered too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like when she's trying to be cute, or when she's <laughs> like, you know, like it's so great. It's my favorite thing. So what's next for you? Like, what are the projects you got going up next that we can hear about that you can't talk about? Oh gosh, I'm. I can't talk about it. Um, I'm in a show uh, for Netflix. It's an anime, and okay. that's really, really exciting. Um, and then I'll be directing a movie soon. That's cool. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Uh, we just worked on a movie called Mirai, which was nominated for an Academy Award oh, wow. and a Golden Globe. It was like first anime to be nominated for Best Animated Feature Golden Globe. And then... Um, it won an Annie Award, and that one, that project I'm super, super proud of. I, I wrote the script on it, um, and it's got John Cho and Daniel Day Kim and, oh, wow. and a, an amazing, talented, uh, Victoria Grace plays Mirai. She's so talented, and Jaden Waldman plays uh, Kuhn, and he's so, he's, he was like seven years old when we recorded him, and he has the bulk of the lines, and he, he has to like 
throw fits and like, like so he, yeah, he was so amazingly good. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing your time with us. Um, you have anything else you want to say to our fans? To, to the show? No. Uh, uh, thanks for your support and uh, keep fighting the good fight. Oh, Mirai is out on Blu-ray and DVD and there's also another movie that I think is really cool and it's called MFKZ. Okay. So check those two out. All right. Well, thank you, Steph, for seeing us. Oh, guys, we'll see you next time. Bye. Hey, guys, we're going to a brand new episode of Rushdown Ray. I'm Michael, and I'm here at Aston 2019 on day three. And I'm joined with a very special guest. Her name is Caitlin Glass. She is a voice actress extraordinaire. And yeah, can you introduce yourself for everybody? Hi, everybody. As just mentioned, I am Caitlin Glass. I'm a voice actress. Most people know me as Winry Rockbell from Full Metal Alchemist or Haruhi Fujioka from Oran High School Host Club. You can currently hear me as Mina Ashido in My Hero Academia. Ooh, so many good voices. So many good characters in voice. Thank you. Um, so how did you get started in voice acting? I started voice acting in 2004. I have a degree in theater from the University of Texas uh, at Arlington, and I went on a tour of Funimation Studios while still in college, mm. and that's where I met a director who auditioned me on the spot, and a few days later, I was voice acting. Wow. Yeah, that's not really how most people get into it, but that's how it happened for me. It took about six months of just being there on occasion, doing little bit parts here and there, and then I was cast as the lead in a show called Spiral, and then I was around the studio more and more and was asked to audition for a Full Metal Alchemist at the end of 2004. Wow, okay. And then I was Winry, and then the rest is history, I guess. So how'd you get the role of Cammy? Because that's like one of Uh my favorite roles of yours. Like, it's... Thank you. Um, I guess I'd been voice acting for only about four years, three or or four years, and just through some networking connections from going to conventions, meeting other studios, meeting other directors, uh, I was invited to audition for Street Fighter 4, which at the time was, there hadn't been a new Street Fighter game in about 10 years, so it was very high profile and very hush-hush. I really did not think that I would get it. Um, I'm based in Dallas, and I knew that this company was in Los Angeles, and I thought, surely they'll just have a real British actress, or <laughs> they're just people that are uh, far more experienced than me. But I still gave it all that I had, and uh, I really enjoyed the audition, and then I booked it, and wow. I've been Cammy ever since. So how did you like prepare for the role of Cammy? Um... The main thing is just like brushing up on the British accent and talking to the director about how they wanted the accent to sound. Um, working on that, I think, was the most important thing so that when we came in, I didn't have to think about that aspect and mm-hmm. I could just um, focus on the emotions that she's playing. When you do a video game like Street Fighter and there are multiple language tracks, it's uh, extremely important to match the length of the other languages track. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our time was spent um, getting lines to fit in the same amount of time. Gotcha. So you don't have time to be thinking about your dialect and things mm-hmm. like that. So um, that that's how we prepare. We listen to the Japanese performance and then immediately after I repeat whatever the English uh, words are supposed to be, and you do that one cue at a time. <laughs> so, what would you say is the most challenging part of fighting game voice acting? Of, of a fighting game? Yeah. The most challenging part is that you don't have any images to work with. Mm, uh, okay. I mean, I knew what Cammy looked like because I played Street Fighter growing mm. up, so I know entirely who she is. <laughs> but um, being used to working in anime where you get to watch scenes and oh. watch the animation of what your character's face looks like, uh, to match 
your voice to the emotions on their face. We didn't yeah. have that kind of stuff. Wow. Um, the most we had sometimes were some animatics for the uh, the cutscenes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so an animatic is not a fully um, realized image. It's like watching uh, storyboards go by, gotcha. basically. So you kind of have to fill in the blank a lot of time yes. with it. Wow. Yeah. That's, was a lot of pressure to do cami since there hasn't been a lot of, like, I would say, prior um, so, uh, source material to go off of? Source material, you mean uh, an English voice? Yeah. Um, I didn't think of it that way. I didn't concern myself with anybody else's performance because this was the cami that you know Capcom chose. Yes. So it's whatever the heck I did in my audition, that's what they liked, so I'm going to focus on that. That's good. Yeah. Um, so that's switch Rose to another game you did was Tales of Zestiria. We did the voice of Rose. Yes. So how was, well, how did you get the role for Rose and Zestiria? How did I? Um, I believe that Bondi Namco with the Tales series, they don't like to reuse actors from one game to another because you never know how those worlds might collide in the future. Gotcha. So, uh, they'd done a number of Tales games at mm-hmm. that point. Mm-hmm. And um, directors that I knew in Los Angeles, uh, like, asked if they knew other people from different um, regions that would be a good fit to audition for the next Tales game. So I was invited, and I read for uh, Rose, and I read for Alicia, and I read for pretty much any female in the game. Um, But Rose is who I got. Love the performance. I love, she's like my favorite character in the game. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So what's like the biggest difference between doing a voice acting for RPG and a fighting game? Oh, RPGs have a lot more talking. For example, um, another RPG I did was Xenoblade Chronicles the X, yes. and I played Alma. <laughs> that was about 40 hours or more of just me. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of talking. Yes. Whereas, say, Cammy in Street Fighter Four and also in Street Fighter Five, like when you were first, she has a lot of story to tell. Mm-hmm. That was maybe 8 or 12 hours mm, okay. total. And with 4, each time they put out a new version, the arcade version, the super ultra (laughs) extravagant whatever version, uh, there would be more story to tell, so it would be another 2 or 4 hours. But all together, in the whole of everything I've ever recorded for Street Fighter, does not add up to one RPG game. Wow. Yeah. Um, Was there like a big difference between doing the animation that came out later for um, Tell This Area? It was, but I really honestly enjoyed the animation a lot more yeah. uh, than working on the game. Again, because I had images to work with. Yeah. Now, in an RPG, you will oftentimes have video to see, at least for the cutscenes. Mm-hmm. But the stuff where it's just uh, the dialogue, the stuff they say as you, the player, are, are wandering through the world. Mm-hmm. You don't. We don't wow. know what we're looking at when we're talking about it. Uh, so it was great to do the anime. Uh, Tales of Zestiria because we could see things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> so, do you have like advice for like a like up and coming or amateur like voice actors who want to get into the business? Um, the most important thing is to be a skilled actor. Mm. That's that's really it. Uh, to my mind, I'm also a director, and so I'm always interested in knowing how much training an actor has had, and if they just have good acting chops because mm-hmm. everybody's got a voice but that yeah. doesn't mean that everyone should be a voice actor that's like the true. most important word is actor <laughs> so take all the acting classes that you can and be in stage productions and learn how to take direction from different types of people hmm. yeah. some good advice um you have any projects coming up that you can actually like say right now or that's not have to be ndas involved <laughs> oh yeah i'm not in anything uh 
voice-wise that I can't talk about. But the main thing I do nowadays is uh, direct. Okay. So I'm currently directing the new Fruits Basket okay. for Funimation. And also a show called Fairy Gone by my favorite studio, and that's PA Works. So I mainly work uh, in anime, but that's what I'm working on right now. Okay. I have one last thing. A lot of, like, cami players are going to be playing at a tournament next weekend. Oh, like, good luck, you one. guys. Yeah, for, like, combo breaker, they're, like, really excited. So do you have any, like, encouraging words for them, all the cami mains out there? Sure. Um, I would say to cami mains out there... I do wish you the best of luck, but do remember at the end of the day, it is a game and it's meant to be fun. So if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Oh my God. It's the greatest day. Thank you so much for being on the show with us. Quite welcome. So excited to have you. Uh, Thanks a lot for having me. This has been awesome. Um, If anybody wants to keep up with uh, me, feel free to follow me on all the social media. I am Caitlin's Voice, C-A-I-T-L-I-N-S, Voice, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, Instagram, all the things. 